0: Hi, I'm Simon Drew, and you're listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, as well as articles and information about my one-on-one alignment coaching, then you can head to my website. It's simonjedrew.com. If you do have the means to support the show, then I'd love to see you in my Patreon community. Just go to patreon.com forward slash simonjedrew we will also get access to over 240 episodes recorded before 2020. But for now, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, thank you so much for spending your time here listening to the Practical Stoic Podcast. And today, I've got a wonderful conversation with a repeat guest, our good friend from Poland, none other than Piotr Stankiewicz. Now, uh, Peter, as he's otherwise known as, uh, so he is a philosopher, author, and promoter of reformed stoicism. He's the author of Does Happiness Write Blank Pages, On Happiness and Artistic Creativity, Manual of Reformed Stoicism, and Other Books. He writes in English and in Polish, and he's a member of the Modern Stoicism team. And he's based in Warsaw, Poland. Now, uh, today we touch on all kinds of topics. We talk about creativity, we talk about social media, we talk about uh, negative visualization, all things Stoicism. So, I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. We're going to have him back on many, many more times. So, enjoy this conversation with our good friend, Piotr Stankiewicz. We, We are practicing by using stoicism and philosophy in general, we're we're kind of practicing, especially when you take into account the stoic idea of negative visualization, this rehearsal of, okay, terrible things can and will always happen to us. There's going to come a time when I'm going to really need this philosophy because the world is going to crush me. Um, but then, but then that's kind of a state that we want to get in that the rest of the world is kind of forced into. Right and even outside of our own unique experience of being here and ex- and, and 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 feeling as though we understand uh, how to navigate these situations it's like the the next level that i see placed upon us as as people interested in philosophy is like how do you deal with the tragedies of life when it's not just heaped upon, heaped upon you but when it's heaped upon every single person in the society You know, like it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a macro issue now. And and we might never have done the negative visualization to such a point where we looked at the potential of everybody being affected by something as opposed to just us. Right.
1: Um, that's a complex issue, right? (laughs) I think that the question is that there are are certain elements of this, uh, in this problem, because, When you, uh, on the one hand, when you, at least, usually when people, uh, or at least speaking from my experience, when people try to do this negative visualization, uh, it's kind of easier to, again, it's easier to imagine, it's easier to visualize these, you know, very serious, uh, very tragic, very, uh, very um, grand scale events, right? Uh, like wars, calamities, disasters, and so on, death, and, and so on. This is kind of uh, the most obvious way to go. Uh, but on the other hand, has anyone imagined coronavirus before? I mean, beforehand, mm. people didn't really know. Uh, people didn't did, didn't really know that this is something to be uh to be expected, and this is, of course, you know, the an uh, an epidemic is something very 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 well verse in the tradition, obviously we have that in the in the ancient stoics and it's kind of obvious, but still I don't think it really that, that this negative visual, visual, visualization really helped uh, with this one. Because of this level of uncertainty, I believe it is you, you can imagine, you know, that you're dying or like the world mm. ends, but this strange lockdown situation when you don't really know what to do or what not to do. It's 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 not it's not usually something it's it's not something that you you know you, you usually fear of. It's not something that you that you are afraid of. It's, it's just this, this, this weirdness, this this peculiarity of the situation is is something that makes it really difficult. On the other hand, um, yeah, I believe if you are uh, um, this anyway, social aspect that it affects all people, um, it is. Uh, in a way, it makes it makes it makes things easier because you mm. you as the as the, as the phrase goes you you will never walk alone here in in, in COVID right you are never alone with this problem there there uh, there are numbers of uh, of other people who are also affected uh, the problem uh, here I believe is more on the in a way political level political or kind of um orga- organizational level that certain uh, decisions and certain non decisions made made by governments and certain policies imposed and so on and so on and so on may seem they' are definitely out of control and they may seem still mm. confusing uh unreasonable irrational and so on and so on and that would be uh speaking from my experience that's uh that's kind of kind of confusing and and making feel making things uh, not so easy to uh, to deal with mm. on yet other level just the final point with this one is that uh, I believe that many people you said that you uh, your your, your, uh, your audience uh, uh, reaches over to you saying that yeah thanks for you know getting us into into philosophy and so on I believe that this is if this is very much a thing these days not only for for, for stoicism maybe not even uh, Mostly for Stoicism, but in general, for you know, uh, for for certain philosophies of life, for purposeful living, for uh, for for mindfulness, for meditation, for all others, all uh, all different ways of trying to you know to live more consciously and in a more uh, in a more more self-aware way. People do turn to that uh, in the wake of COVID, and this is mm. a so this is a bit of a silver lining, right? That people will probably try to to live their lives more uh mm. in a more, more self-aware way.
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, you hope you hope that <clears throat> what happens is when something tragic does happen in the world, your philosophy steps up to the mark the things that you've been learning and, and actually, uh, obviously helps you in some small way to deal with it. And, yes um, and, and, and that really, I think that that is the ultimate, I, I guess you could say it's the ultimate test of, of the validity of a certain worldview or philosophy. It's like, how does it help you in the time when you need it the most? Um, and, and you can really, you can really, um, I guess, judge that by paying attention to yourself and to other people like, okay, well you can, I think what, what was it? Was it the, was it the enlightenment or the, no, the existentialist, I believe view was, was uh, this could be completely wrong. Was that, you know, your, your beliefs, your values aren't actually what you say. It's like how you live. It's how you act. Right, so if I watch you and you're not actually living in
1: this is sto- this is stoicism, first of all, not enlightenment, <laughs> not no, of this course, is basically stoicism. Of course. This, but this is this is from the stoics.
0: that, Yeah, that's it. And and they they were kind of like, yeah, everything is you know perspective, obviously. But but like Epictetus said, you know, uh, show me your shoulders. You know, I don't want to see your weights mm-hmm. that you're using. I want to see exactly what the weights are doing for exactly. you. Exactly. Um, And and show me what
1: you did in COVID. Yes, exactly. exactly.
0: And one thing that I think, you know, just just vibing once more on this idea of the negative visualization, one thing that I've been thinking about lately is exactly how far do we modern people actually take the idea of negative visualization? Because, I mean, you look at Seneca and he writes pages upon pages, just going so deep into a negative visualization, you know, talking about the burning of, of, of Leon's. Or lions. Um, and, and, you know, he'll just, he'll just go on for ages about how horrifying this is and how, how it will just destroy everything. And, um, and do we, do we go that deep? Do we go so deep as to think about everything that could possibly happen to the extent that we can imagine that? Because, I mean, we forget really easily, right? Like, especially in Western culture and in relatively safe countries, we really forget what it means to be Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a horrifying situation when in reality, like more than half the world is probably dealing with those sorts of things right now as we speak, you know, And, and yeah, So sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm absolutely happy to talk about negative visualization because I I am personal one of the well, I'm a big fan of it. This is one of my favorite stoic techniques, and uh, in the book on reform, uh, in the manual of reformed stoicism, uh, I I believe I cover this. I have this you know feeling for uh for for this for this technique and i analyze it deeply and basically I, I i i i believe i wrote extensively on this particular problem problem that on the one hand the negative visualization is very helpful there is no doubt that there is no doubt about it but on the other hand there are many problems with it that and this is exactly what you what you' talking about sometimes and the, the first world problem first world situation that you are not accustomed to this actual level of danger mm-hmm. or uh, or or fear or or hunger or whatever, uh, and it's not, uh, it's, and and you have no personal experience, and it is kind of impossible to really uh, actually visualize these uh, these uh, these bad things. So that's one problem. Uh, the other thing is sometimes you go to, so, so sometimes you go too easy on yourself because you do not really have the capability to to visualize the full extent of, of possible calamities. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, I, I, on the yet other hand, I believe it is possible to go too hard on yourself in a way that you visualize something which is so extremely and radically evil and unpleasant and kind of, you know, very grave situation that it is not really, that it turns out this is not really something you're afraid of because it, the probability is too low. So in a way that you... Go And I believe I, I studied this example in the book, that you go to the doctor, there is this kind of, you know, mm. uh, examine the, your, your, you do the negative visualization, like saying, oh, it must be cancer, it must be cancer, right? It will be the cancer. And then it turns out it's something, you know, unpleasant, like, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, like, uh, like a stomach ulcer or something like that. Something definitely unpleasant, but nothing close to cancer. So you should be, by negative visualization, you should be okay, you should be happy, oh, just this is something very little, but you are not because you were kind of on a different orbit of this visualization. You, you Instead of doing this in a genuine, you know, candid fashion, you made it in then you turn it into a kind of an abstract uh, intellectual, you know, play. Mm. Uh, so you can go too hard on yourself. Uh, in my case, I believe it the, the negative visualization it it, uh, uh, it works best and it works really well. And this is something I've been practicing for years actually. Uh, and this is what this, well, this was actually one of my first, you know, stoic, uh, stoic principles that when you have uh, this kind of a uh, you know closed situation that it will go this way or that way, or you know, three possibilities, mm-hmm. or you go to a to a to a soccer match and then you will uh, your your team will lose or it will win right so you visualize that uh, you visualize the team winning and then uh, sorry losing and then you are you're either okay or you are positively surprised so when there's a limited number of possible outcomes it's kind of easier it's kind of you know it it goes well with me it kind of I, I, I instinctively I am able to think that way but the problem is that in the real, real life you know the possibilities are endless mm-hmm. and the, life is open and what you're supposed to do then kind of spend your day visualizing all the possible calamities like COVID like this or that like a comet falling down on earth like everything that makes no sense that like, this is this is kind of this is difficult. This is more difficult to me. And even if you try do, doing that, then you will never be able to, to, uh, you will still never be able to anticipate everything. And, and mm. COVID is a perfect example because no one really, no one really expected that.
0: Yeah. No, I, th- I think I see what you're trying to say. It's almost like uh, making it, uh, just close enough that it actually makes sense to you and and just far enough that it actually pushes you to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. intellectually accept yes. the fact that yes. bad things will and, and can happen yes right you, the,
1: the, you there's a the problem of acceptance when you when you do negative visualization i think you need to you you need to do it in a way that it kind of you on some emotional and, and intellectual level you you kind of accept this as a real possibility because when you mm-hmm. when you imagine something when you visualize something which is Way too bad, you're not thinking, uh, if, you're not thinking about it as a real possibility. So, this is this, this is still, mm. uh, this is difficult still. So, yeah, but uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I wrote a book about reformed stoicism, so just to just for for some balance, one idea mm. from the from the from orthodox stoicism from. From from uh, from ancient cynicism that I believe is is fair and good is that we need to study you know history and fates mm-hmm. of other people and we need to look back into into you know, into into the human, human lot is so that we know what is uh, what might happen to us and mm-hmm. on this on these grounds this is this is easier to 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 predict that at some point an earthquake or or an epidemic or something else uh, will happen that, um, so yeah, on this way, I, I think the, 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 the original view is quite okay.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of, uh, I might say I'm, I'm, I'm a student of Seneca's kind of approach when he talks about negative visualization. Cause he kind of,
1: and he's very good at that. Yes.
0: Yeah. And he, he kind of says, listen, you should, you shouldn't just imagine what might happen. You, you should imagine, every single thing you could possibly conceive would happen. And and you're right by learning from history. What I've found is that you start to get a sense that there is absolutely no end to the amount of terror that humans will inflict upon themselves or that nature will inflict upon us. Right. There's the further you go back in history, the more you see like, okay, okay. There's, I'm never going to get to the bottom of this. There's so much bad that could happen that has already happened And I think that for me, it's less about, um, it's less about getting specific examples of like, I'm not trying to prophesy into the future necessarily and say, um, okay, COVID's coming soon. So that's, you know, what I'm trying to do is settle myself with the fact that everything can and will happen. That's what infinity is, right? It's like there is no end to the imagination of nature to come up with ways to inflict upon us some sort of terrifying harm. Um, and so if you, if you, if you can accept that, then it's like everything that happens, you just see it as, okay, that's just another thing that was going to happen whether or not I liked it here it is. And, and you can kind of focus on what, what you can focus on. But, um, you you know, I, I, I think, um, Aside from the whole COVID issue, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, obviously, because it's such a topical issue, um, and it's happening right now, but I thought that what would be really cool for us today is to do today is to dive into something, a topic that we have mutual interest in, which is kind of philosophy mm. and art and creativity, yeah. um, for, for yourself. I, I mean, I actually want to get a, a, a kind of picture of your background as well. What was it that drew you to philosophy to start with? Like starting from a young age, like w- when did you first jump into philosophy, and also when did you get interested in art and the kind of
1: that's 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 uh, that's a that's a whole, that's a serious question. That's far more serious than than the comfort <laughs> question. Uh, so uh, there, um, yeah, how how can I even start? So uh, basically, uh, when I um, So maybe let's start from the, uh, let's start from the, from the conclusion. The conclusion is that I, I, I wrote a book about stoicism and artistic creativity, uh, which kind of summarizes my investigation into the, uh, big problem of whether or not, uh, a stoic or a person aspiring to be a stoic, uh, can or cannot be. Uh, at the same point, a creative artist in this deep, uh, deep creative sense, is there a problem there, or maybe they, 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 the, maybe, or, or maybe they can go together. Uh, and what uh, kind of brought me to this issue is this, uh, you know, th- there is this stereotype that uh, artists on. From various uh, walks of life and from different arts, from literature, from all over, they oft there is there is this stereotype that artists uh, artists uh, oftentimes you know live lives which are not really stoical lives, right? Mm-hmm. That they are troubled, that they are tragic, that they are suffering, that they are. In this or another way, kind of, they have problems with uh, with uh, with dealing well with society. That they are uh, they are condemned. They are they are cursed. They are they live or at least they live in poverty. They do have certain uh, problem with uh, with the world and with you know living well as a, as a functional. Uh, uh, parts of of the society and this goes all the way it's not just the stereotype about you know the forever 27 club or something like that uh, but it, it goes all the way back at least to plato because as you can remember um, plato banned uh, when, when he was uh, uh, when he was um, conjuring up his ideal state uh, he in his view poets should be banned for from the uh, from this ideal state, because mm. they they kind of don't fit in well. So there is this problem. Tracing back all the way to Plato. On the other hand, we have One House and you know uh, all the other folks in in rock and roll who kind of lived lives that are uh, that are kind of very well, very very way away from what we usually think. When we think mm. about stoicism, right? So, is there a problem or not? Is this just kind of a shallow stereotype, or is it the or or maybe the problem is real? And I try. So, in my what I did is I I tried to put a stoic lens, so to speak, on this problem. I tried to analyze this this big problem of cursed or or tormented artists through. Uh, stoicism, which, in other words, uh, turns out the problem, the question of whether or not an artist and uh, and the can be one th- and the same person. And uh, I arrived, as usually in philosophy, I arrived to a to a complex and uh, and non-binary yeah. conclusion that uncertain in certain understandings of uh, of of artistic creativity. Uh, it kind of goes well together, but in in, in other in other understandings, it does not. Uh, so there is no kind of very specific outcome. But the 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 study itself was uh, is very is very insightful. But so but it is ambiguous, of course. But uh, just to to be more specific, uh, this idea of uh, you know tracing back at least to Romanticism in the early 19th century. Uh, the the idea of romantic poet who is focused on always trying to establish something something necessarily new something which is an an original work of art mm. something which is different from all other works of art something which is his or her kind of very own very private thing and so on and so on this uh, romantic understanding of art here uh, the uh, the tension of stoicism would be probably uh, the greatest mm. for instance
0: and and is, that, so, and is that this
1: this this answers the questions this answers the question i think on some level but on another level it does not so just feel free to follow up
0: yeah yeah well, well I, I want to dive a lot deeper into this so so absolutely it, what it, what is the um i guess what is the incongruency between um philosophy and art when it comes to uh the creation of something new is it is it almost um kind of a fallout in the idea that um really there is nothing new to create it like that that, that there is kind of that idea of there's nothing new under the sun um it, it, does that play a role in this idea
1: yes absolutely yeah you, you basically are your spot on this is this is what i was about to say uh, but just just for clarity uh I am not talking about philosophy in general, uh, system, art, yeah. Stoic, uh, Stoic mm-hmm. philosophy, and art. So, yeah, this is one of the this is one of the key points here that if you want to, uh, if you understand art or literature, the, or creativity in general, as create, creating uh, something uh, which needs to be new, something which needs to be on some deep level. Refreshing, opening up new uh, new vistas, new ways of understanding mm-hmm. the world. Uh, trying, uh, creating a new alphabet to describe not just describing the world, but describing the world in a new way, in a new fashion, and more than that, uh, advancing a new alphabet, a new a new vocabulary to describe the world. If you understand creativity. In, in this, uh, mm. in this, uh, in this way, you will have the problem with the art, that with the original Orthodox Stoic view, that exactly as you said, that there is nothing new under the sun, because mm. as you, as you know, the ancient Stoics believed in this idea of eternal return, which we can interpret and we can understand it on, uh, in a number of ways, uh, on the different some some of us may want to understand that literally, some in a more abstract way, uh, more as a metaphor, but the intention is clear and this way or another, uh, the world is uh, in a way limited. The world is repeating itself. The world is on this level or that level in this sense or in that sense, but it's kind of etter- uh, eternal, revolution of one and the same thing which kind of <clears throat> comes to pass and then and again and again and again uh, and if we believe in that world view then we have a problem because we don't really we are not really able to create something radically new because all the mm. things that are here and that we are able to create Already were in the past and will be uh, in the future. So on this metaphysical level, we have a, there is a problem with that because you either think consider the world as you know nothing new under the sun and the eternal return, uh, or you 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 live by the by the promise of creating new uh, new ways to to describe it.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> what's what's particularly interesting about this kind of conundrum is is that of course yeah i I absolutely agree that cycles are just constantly happening in humanity and you can see that and in and in you know the cosmos it's just a never-ending flow of of um yeah a repeating cycle i think um i best i heard it best put by professor joseph syracuse on the show on the show recently and he said uh when it comes to the history and cycles of humanity uh the powerful people will always do what they can and the weaker people will always do what they must right that's the way that he put it it's just kind of like this repeating cycle That's um, a
1: very well uh, it's, it's an it's interesting political. way to look at it. it's very political yeah. but that's, that's a fine that's a fine one-liner <laughs> i will i will remember that it's not well, he, yeah he is a, yeah
0: <laughs> he is a professor of um diplomacy so he is he is from that okay, di- political so yeah, kind of lens absolutely. but When it comes to art, what I think is really interesting about art is so much of it, yes, tells these kind of archetypal stories of humanity, but from a different perspective. And that's what's really interesting about it. Um, And even like you and I take philosophy and say, or take stoicism and say... Well, you know their perspective back then was kind of this and that, but our perspective now we can kind of change it a little bit to tweak it to our own view of the world um, That's kind of what I see art doing as well it's It's from where I stand here's what everything looks like. Does that kind of make sense
1: uh, I'm not really sure how can i uh, it makes sense to me, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if it makes sense from this type perspective i I'm, I'm kind of confused uh, with this one. Uh, that's not uh, that's an, that's not the I, I'm uh, that's not the way I usually visualize it. To use that word one 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 more time. Uh, but when if we if we do get back to the um, one thing is that uh, the question here is that uh, one of the questions here is that how. Um, how do we want to uh read the ancient stoics? Do we want to stick to the original doctrine or do we want to allow some you know latitude or in my case even a reformation? Uh, so this is the this is the thing that for certain interpretations of stoicism, uh, certain things will work and for certain they won't. And there are, I believe, some uh you know, some deep principles that are, that would be very difficult to, in a way to, to overcome from this uh, artistic Mm. point of view. Uh, So that would be my response here, but, uh, would would you almost say,
0: would you almost say that, um, it's not necessary as if we're taking the philosophy and trying to add something new to it as much as we are trying to, uh, let the dead wood burn off. Until we're left with only the bare essentials of exactly what we need in in a philosophy,
1: um, that's 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 based on the premise that there is some essentials that do not change. That that's, mm. that, 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 that there's something that will that will that will uh, be left, and that's not. I'm not sure if it's if it is the case uh in in my in my view i mean it may work it may work for some people my my i think my perspective is that you need to you you, you don't necessarily have to kind of uh consider what's essential and what's not essential but you should try it out in practice it is mm. practice of life it is your own uh conduct and your own you know uh you know your own your own practice that in a way decides what's essential. For you, uh, for someone else, it may be something different, uh, and therefore I therefore I think about stoicism and I, I teach stoicism in this kind of in a way loose way that there there is a number of uh, of principles there is a number of this kind of spiritual techniques that you you may want to, to organize your life around like negative visualization right? like which I do like very much than the idea of eternal return, which I do not like, and so on and so on. But it is, it is in a way your own practice that decides. And the bottom line is that it will differ from one person to another. Mm. And getting back to the, to the problem of art, uh, I think that, uh, that this you know, romantic artist who is very much uh, into, this, into exploring the irrational, exploring the, the emotional and spontaneous uh, part of his or her soul, they will have uh they will have a big problem with finding anything in stoicism essential right that would be the case here
0: Mm. and and touching on your own creativity uh, i'd like to know because obviously you write a lot and um you know how how do you uh, within your own mind Mm -hmm. I, i guess you might say summon or sift through and find creativity uh, in your own pursuits and how does that work alongside your philosophy or s- with Stoicism for you?
1: Okay. So, yeah, but, you, you, uh, like 20 minutes ago, uh, you asked about my background and I didn't say anything about my background yeah, in this particular regard. <laughs> so now we're getting back to it. Uh, so my, uh, in my case, uh, art is basically, and creativity is literary creativity. It is hmm. uh, it is writing because I do not write only books on Stoicism. I also I write, you know, Essays and, uh, and other things. So in my particular case, uh, with me, it is uh, creativity through words and through uh, through MS Word and through uh, through writing. Uh, so this is this particular. When I was younger, I tried to uh, I tried to write poems, obviously, and uh, so and so on. so, on, so on. in this way or another. But literature uh, expression through words and uh, and literary creativity. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, Stoicism, there is this weird thing, and I, I believe we might have uh, touched upon this uh, when we spoke previously, or maybe we didn't. Uh, but the weird thing is that uh, I feel uh, I feel uh, I, I, I feel that I'm um, I feel the best with my Stoicism. I feel my you know Stoic powers the best i feel most empowered as a stoic when i'm writing or otherwise teaching stoicism so Mm. it, it, it is kind of weird thing that uh in my in my case uh stoicism uh writing about stoicism and trying to express these ideas and trying to maybe not even express but kind of apply these ideas through writing to certain new subjects, new topics, new problems that, you know, life, uh, life, uh, comes up with like COVID or like other things. When I, when I'm trying to, when I sit down and I'm writing about it, then it works best for me. So the best way to, uh, anyway, to, pr- in some weird way, the best way to practice stoicism and to, 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 to kind of imp- empower myself in stoicism is, tr- is to try to pass it on to others, so this is very, very we. It, it, I, I I I it is a bit paradoxical because theoretically, you should be at your stoic best, so to speak, when you are when you are practicing, stoicism, doing doing these things, and so on and so on. But in my case, this personal experience with stoicism is intertwined since since 2010 with writing and teaching, writing on stoicism and teaching stoicism. So it kind of works best when I, uh, when I, when I, when I, when I'm trying to, to write something about stoicism. So, and I believe, for example, it, it, it was, it was a big, a bit, uh, a case of Seneca. I mean, in, in the writings of Seneca, you can trace this, you know, same kind of a problem that, uh, that, uh, that, that you that he was the, he was a stoic in the most uh, most fully when he was preaching stoicism mm-hmm. and, and, and I can relate to that. this is something I can relate to. And now this is linked very in a very curious and very direct way to the to the, uh, to the theoretical stuff I work with in the book on uh, on creativity and stoicism because one of the points how uh, when I was pondering, uh, how you can merge these two, how these two can work together, Stoicism and, uh, and creativity, was that you can, that if you understand artistic creativity or creativity in general as a way to teach, as a way to pass on ideas to other people, then you can perfectly, it, it, it works good with Stoicism. There is no theoretical obstacle to that. And there are quotes in the ancient Stoics that they, they would approve uh that if you if you kind of dress the an idea in a proper melody that rings well or in 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 in, in, a, in a proper wording that it can be passed on in a more fluent way so i believe the 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 ancients would the ancients would would agree with that uh, so on some level i reached a, a bit of of coherency but again as a, as an as an author, uh, as not just a practicing stoic, but also a, a guy who who is writing about stoicism, uh, it's a very peculiar position to to be in.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. This idea that stoicism is best practice when it's when you're trying. Well, well you know, I think that that makes a lot of sense but, to me because it's like when when you're forced into a position to say, okay, well now I actually have to explain this idea to somebody else and I have to Mm. teach it to somebody else. I mean, in order to teach something, you kind of have to really understand the principle, right? and yes. and you have to play around and, with it and,
1: and you have to really kind of think it again you 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 don't you don't you, it's not just a script that you're can you're following mm. with other things i teach uh i have notes somewhere here for example for example the uh, I, that i mentioned it's more like you have a certain script and you just you know you you say certain things and you you you, you do it in a in a, in a, in, a, in on an intellectual level with stoicism it is it goes deeper you need to really engage with that in or or, or in that maybe the, the other way about if you are trying to honestly in a candid uh, way uh, if you're trying to express to to tell other to tell uh, others how this how all this works then it engages with you. It captures you again, and you are again. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a stoic, and it it gets you, uh, mm-hmm. it gets you yet another time. Uh, but again, remember that I am. You you do podcasts on uh, on stoicism. I write about stoicism, and it is a very particular position. It will it will not. It, it won't be the same for uh, for everyone. Which goes back to what I said before that. Uh, the essentials will will differ from one person mm. to uh, to another,
0: and I guess that's essentially a question of uh, to what extent is it necessary for you to uh, to you know be teaching this, these ideas, um, and and how far do you go in your efforts to teach those ideas? Like if you bring it right back to to a, a very broad level, like one of my favorite ideas from. Um, this personal development leader from the 80s and 90s, Jim Rohn, mm-hmm. one of the, my favorite ideas that he taught was if you get a really good idea or a good principle or a good value, go and share it with like 10, 20 people. And the reason why you want to share those ideas is because if you share it with 20 people, they all hear it once from you, but you hear it 20 times, which means that yeah, it's like it's, seeping yeah, exactly. into yeah, your mind, right?
1: yes exactly that's uh that this is this is exactly it. this is what just i i perfectly agree. this is it's it's exactly what i was uh what i intended to say that you hmm. hear it again and again and and because you you are the one who are, who 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 who, are, who who is saying it you you kind of you cannot not hear it you 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 won't be deaf to it you you will on some deeper level, you will you will engage with that, and this is exactly mm. yeah that you will hear it twenty times. This is exactly the thing. So yeah, this and this works for me, and uh, it works for uh, I believe with uh, with my books on stoicism. This is this is the case. Yes, mm. and, uh, and you know what
0: you know what I've also found, Peter, is is that as I share these ideas, and you've you've probably found this as well. Uh, obviously as we continue to read, as we continue to learn, uh, our mind, our consciousness is expanded to, to embody, you know, or to, to encapsulate, you know, all the new ideas that we gain. And, and then what, what you do when you go out into culture and you, you learn about art and you learn about history and psychology and philosophy and all these different things, you gain a broader understanding of the world, Right. And as you keep on sharing these ideas, what also happens for me is, is especially I've found this is, is if I share an idea a month from now, my perspective Mm -hmm. on that idea is going to be different than my perspective would be on that idea now, because a month from now, I'm not thinking about the specific idea from this perspective. I'm thinking about it, uh, with one month of new information, new knowledge, new Mm -hmm. wisdom. And so what I've found is that the more I share, I do find that I'm brought into alignment with a, a, a more firm and, and I guess a deeper understanding of these ideas of what is good and also what I can throw away because I think that it's so important that we just, we talk to each other. We share these ideas because if I share it 20 times, 10 people might disagree with me wholeheartedly Yes, and they might share with me like, Oh no, I think you're wrong in this place. And then because I shared it, I am going to receive that information back and that's going to feed back into my own, I guess, um, I guess worldview. So it kind of refines what you learn as well. You know, it's not like a fixed process.
1: Yes, refines what you learn. Yes, that's uh, that's a that's a. Yeah, I would basically agree. Uh, what I can add is that um, in a way that it is, it is impo- what's important to me, and it. But this refers not only to Stoicism, but to you know to your intellectual life in general. Uh, is that uh, it is it is in a way. Because I'm a person who, my my in a way, natural tendency as as a person, just this kind of particular bent of my own mind is that I this I have this tendency to you know to to to, to study a book, to go deep into in in into something, to you know make a lot of notes mm. and to analyze from this perspective, that perspective, read another book and so and kind of study that study something something you know, very deeply, but in a way in private, that I do not have this kind of kind of natural tendency to share uh, mm. with others. And I, I, I can become, you know, very knowledgeable about a certain certain particular ver- problem or, or topic. Uh, but people won't be aware of that I, I there's this kind of, you know, uh, level of privacy here. And it is not mm. good, because I uh, because living in a way more openly with your ideas, like sharing it more easily and talking about them, just as you mentioned the in the quote with twenty guys, it's uh, it's it's from my perspective is healthier, uh, and I uh, I need more and more uh, of that. And in my case, in my you asked about my background, so this is the, this place mm. that. Uh, in in my way, in my case, on, on some level, stoicism was the way to kind of break out from this from this habit of kind of keeping things to myself. And from from the time when when I first uh, published the book, when I got more, uh, more uh, you know, more outgoing on social media, uh, writing about stoicism, the, the here and there, and so on, it, it kind of you know, started this habit, created this habit of, you know, um, considering my ideas more openly, more socially, that even if I do not agree with something, I analyze this in this, in this piece, in that post, and so on, and so on. And it's kind of, you know, better, healthier, and at least mm. in in my case, and uh, this refers to uh, social media. So you can uh, there is you, you can say a ton of, of bad things about social media, and most of them will be true that they're you know distract and they distract us, and you know that bad things happen, that people hate each other because of social media, political divisions, and so on, so on, so on. But one on and there is a check mark in the plus column. One one positive. Thing that can be said about social media is that, from my perspective, they in a way invite you to to be more open about things that you think about your own ideas, and they mm-hmm. kind of invite you to to go out and and share them. and And, uh, and, and in my case, I think it it uh, it worked quite uh, it worked quite uh, well, and and I made certain uh, I made certain you know development through. Uh, through
0: sharing. Right. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it kind of takes a, 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 a couple of layers. I can see what you're saying. It kind of takes a couple of layers off the, uh, I guess the, um, complexity of trying to share an idea because, you know, I mean one of the reasons why there's so many negative comments on social media for example is because people don't when you're not in front of somebody you're not worried about them punching you in the face yes. if you have a bad idea right um but uh but, but it, it's also such a great way to share information as well which is which is I guess where we're headed um, but but one thing I wanted to ask about is so can, can I can say s- one more thing yes,
1: one more thing here before we move on because this 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 links to the problem of, of creativity because you you said that uh, social media this, that's a way to to share your information and I would uh, I would go in a further and it's it's not just about sharing information but about, it's also about testing things that if mm. you uh, for example I, I believe in the earlier this year like in in January or February. Uh, I, I wrote like three separate pieces, three different pieces kind of month by month about, uh, you know, about how to, it was about kind of organization of how you should organize your work, how to boost productivity, how to, or basically how to organize uh, your to-do list uh, so that it works good for you. I, I had this, uh, I don't remember the specifics even today, but I had this very strong new year um, new resolution that i will do this in a certain fashion i wrote a, mm. i wrote a piece about that it was published two weeks ago I, I i i wrote a new piece an update to that which was complete. i, I reversed myself completely because in practice it turned out it will be better in a, in a completely different manner a month later i wrote something yet different on the same topic and it, 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 it was genuine it was real trying to test certain things and then uh tell that to people and you know people are interested i have this you know uh following and people do do read that so it uh it works for you it works well in a way in a way that you live as i said you live more openly with your ideas and you express them and the problem of expression like with artistic creativity uh it is important that you express certain ideas certain intuitions certain considerations even if if they are not perfect if in the even if they are not yet fully mature because if you do not do that they will kind of block you they Mm. will not leave room for new things new ideas to come so on some level this this works quite uh, quite. Well. Of course, this is not to praise social media. This is not to, uh, you know, this is not to reject the all the bad things that happen over there. But there are certain, uh, in my case, there were certain healthy things that I that I that I acquired that way. Okay, mm-hmm. now getting back to your new question, of course.
0: Well, no, it, it, it's on a similar vein um, when it comes to this discussion because I'm wondering uh, how has the kind of cosmopolitan worldview played a role in your decisions to write books and be creative and share these ideas. Cause it seems like stoicism is, uh, it has almost a very uh, evangelical is the wrong word, but it has, it has kind of like a proselyting kind of That's strain good. through That's it. Good. It's kind of like, you know, Hey, these ideas are so good and so useful that mm-hmm. they're not just for yourself you want to help other people to come under the umbrella of Stoicism so that they can also receive the benefits and you can influence more and more people around the world to live happier lives, right? D- d- does cosmopolitanism play a role in your decision to, to teach these ideas?
1: That's a very good question. That's a very good question. And I, I know it's a very good question because I don't, have a, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a fair, straightforward answer right now uh does it play i mean um i believe that uh there is a lot of uh, empowerment in stoicism that it can help people in uh, difficult life situations uh and it can help a lot of uh, in, in a lot of very diverse hardships and diverse difficult situations uh and this um this, in a way, uh, links to what we said like an hour ago about the the first world problem that uh, we, in the in the safe countries, in in in, in the relatively wealthy countries, we do not know what danger is, we do not know what war is, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, but in a way, through stoicism, because obviously stoicism can help you, and it was basically it was of course to some extent uh, the case in in in, in my case uh, it can help you deal with your own you know certain mental confusions and certain psychological problems it can help you know sort you sort out certain problems that you have with yourself uh and the thing is that other prob- other people have different problems very often, radically different problems and mm. very often much worse problems, so on some level it is it is weird to to teach in a way that you're saying to how to deal with uh, with certain problems you're, you're, if you if if you say that to a person who is much uh, much who, who has it much worse than you mm. uh, because those uh, and this is i believe the you know modern sensibility has it that uh, it, it, it is impossible to translate. These experiences, but but the magical thing about stoicism is that I and I see that happening with my when I talk to people and when I you know when people write to me and so on that uh, that it somehow allows us to translate uh, these um, the, these uh, these uh, these, uh, these experiences and these the struggles. That so if, if I if I if, if it's, well, maybe I. I struggle with, let's say, depression or with uh, writer's block or something like that. Uh, I can, you know, express, I can write about how I dealt with it stoically and uh, someone else can pick it up and they might have far more serious, objectively, definitely more, much more life changing, life threatening problems and, and much, much deeper stuff, and they may still be able to, some, through stoic magic, they, they might be able to, 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 to learn from something, even though uh, on the level of kind of, you know, plain life and, and, and concrete facts, I should be the one learning from them. But stoicism gives, in a way, a platform on which, on which people can, in a way, share uh, their, uh, their, their, uh, their experiences and their, their struggle. Uh, in a, in a, in, a, in this kind of non-threatening, uh, mm. in, in a way easygoing way, uh, and this is I know, uh, this is in in some way how I understand Stoic cosmopolitanism, and this idea that we are never alone. That if you suffer from something, you will always uh, find other people who suffer. You will always find. Uh, other people people who are miserable and uh, these may be different kinds of misery but it is still humankind so to speak this is we are all in this together and through stoicism we can get a grasp and this is this is how i how i understand it Hmm,
0: i think that that's a that's an interesting perspective obviously you know it, it would be naive to think that you know, we are the beginning and ending of all suffering in ourselves, you know, like there's, there's so many ways that we could be hurt that we haven't been hurt yet. And, and that other people are being hurt. Um, and, and I, I think that that's an interesting perspective that if, if what I'm hearing is correct, um, that stoicism almost uh, gives us, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, a platform on which we can all say, listen, we all understand that everybody's suffering in a big way, but here are a few ideas that will share common ground between all of us that can help us to, uh, you know, withstand whatever suffering it is that we specifically are dealing with. Right.
1: Yeah. That's this is this is this is this is the way to go. This is this mm. is the line here. Yeah, that's mm. yeah, that's what I think.
0: And you know, I I'd really love, Peter, if if I could delve into your your own specific like writing process, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I, I think what, what interests me most uh, about, um, your, your, your kind of, um, view of creativity and, mm-hmm. um, and mixing that with stoicism is, is how do you yourself combine the two, uh, stoicism and, 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 and creativity in order to manifest the ideas that you're trying to get across in the most effective way? Like when you have writer's block, how does Mm -hmm. stoicism get you through it? You know, when, when you, yeah, like that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, so one, one way to answer is that, I, I mean, um, I don't really have writers, blocks usually I don't uh, I, I think I, I, it's easy for me to write I don't have uh, a block often it's a, so it's a way it's a it's a not good it's a not good way to answer because yeah it's kind of you know condescending on other people who, who yeah. deal with that but in my case to be if I'm to be to be to speaking frankly I don't have writers block often it's usually more uh, Kind of, it's uh, it's all you know. It, it's always a bit of a struggle, but a block is not really something I have to deal with very often. Uh, if I were to, if you ask me, how how is that possible? How can that happen? Uh, the, the the honest question is, I don't know. One uh, one point I can make is that a usual I, 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 that I always know what I want to write before I sit down to write it. I, I always think before I. I, I write i always have this ideas i want to express i do have them in my mind before i sit down to uh, to to the computer if i did it the other way if i just sat down and started you know writing i would have a block obviously but you i i kind of consciously after you know years in this uh, in this in this trade i uh, i i know that I, I i need to have a you know uh, when i drive or when i do some workout i've First, I think about what I'm, what I'm to, what I'm supposed to write the the following day, and they, then I just, you know, sit down and I develop this idea. There's, you know, a few, I have a few lines in my mind, and I, I, I turn them into pages. So that's uh, if if someone wants advice, then this is this is my advice. Now, getting to the to the uh, to the real question you ask is that, uh, you know, I, I think that at least, uh, it's still like 50% of what I write, maybe 40%, but I believe it's half and half and half. Uh, so half of what I write is still about stoicism. So and, mm-hmm. so to this half, uh, it, you, you want to apply what, what we discussed before, that when I write about stoicism, when I think about stoicism, when I think about what to write, I teach myself stoicism still. I let it kind of capture mm. and grasp me one more time. And this is specific specifically the answer to your question. Uh, to the, when, when it comes to the other half, when I write things that are non-stoic, uh, then, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a wild thing. Uh, I believe that there is, a, and, and this is, again, something I explore in the book on stoicism and artistic creativity, there is this great healing power in uh in the process of writing and in the process of mm. no openly and candidly uh, trying to express yourself, uh, there's a great healing power in it and uh, it's comparable to stoicism. Uh, when you uh, if you but of course the question is whether or not it is a stoic process and if uh, there are some interpretations that it is, there are certain interpretations that these two uh, diverge, but I mean, if you apply the practical, uh, this kind of very in a way the 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 a, a liberal interpretation and the practical interpretation is that if it works for you, then it is okay, right? If uh, if uh, if you if it, if, it, if it if it makes you healthier. Uh, then why, why, why not doing it? And I, in a way, I, I admit that uh, that I might be not a stoic in the process of writing in this process of expression. But it makes me feel; uh, it, it still makes me feel uh, better. And it doesn't make me feel worse if I if, if I accept that it was not fully uh, a stoic process. Mm. But,
0: but don't you think that the writing process has really been adopted by modern Stoicism as exactly what you're saying, a a vehicle for uh, I guess you could say you know personal enlightenment, personal knowledge, um, because like you say, you sit down and you write, and a lot of people do journaling, and and
1: they mm-hmm. get the yeah, same so values to, that yeah yeah when it comes to journaling, this is. That would be basically the thing, right? Uh, meditations, meditations by by uh, micro they, they were a journal, diary, uh, however you wanna call that, uh, which kind of served this purpose of self-medication, of, of the therapy, of self, of self-healing. So, and this is well, really, this is uh very uh, very well versed into into the tradition and this is a perfectly stoic thing the most interesting questions about uh, you know these types of writing the these ways of artistic expressions which are not stoic uh, stoical per se the question is whether or not they are in a way stoic in the process of writing them and this is a this is and this is basically a question i i started in the book with no with uh with interesting outcome, but no definite conclusion hmm. yeah but and, also and... Uh, if I can say something yet else, the thing is that uh i in the in the in this you know uh in the scope of stoic authors, I believe I am a bit of an exception in the sense that usually when i when I think about the you know stoic authors you will you, you will mostly, in many cases you'll have guys who kind of turn to stoicism and then write about stoicism only and they are kind of exclusive about that. Hmm. I started my uh you know my first book okay second book was about stoicism but uh, it's not the only one and only topic I'm writing about. So uh, and I do have a practice about that right it, it is it was it, it was a it was a tenet it was a premise from from day one that i that I had in mind that, that I never wanted to write on stoicism only it was always intended to be a part of my uh, of my you know of my endeavors and of my mm. and, and of, uh, uh, of what I do and i'm i i feel i i can't do that it's it's not a problem for me oh okay and this would be the answer it's not a problem for me personally because somehow I learned to uh, through through experience I learned how to how to do that and I'm uh, in in what I write I'm of course trying to and in this podcast also in this interview I'm trying to share uh, my my experiences but you never know how it will work with uh, with others I can only hope that is to their best.
0: Hmm, and 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 something that I think that you're very very good at, Peter, is obviously. I agree that there's a lot of people. Thank you in you know, advance. <laughs> well, well, there's a lot of people just writing about stoicism, as in you know, kind of like a research project. You know, going back and say, okay, well, what did the Stoics think? But but you're coming along and saying, okay, well, okay, let's take what the Stoics thought. Let's overlay it over our current existence Mm -hmm. in our modern society. And what are we going to take? What are we going to leave? And, and, and this is, this, this might be my final question, actually, like how, how do you effectively read the stoic texts and stop yourself from being drawn into the ideology of stoicism and instead look to, I guess, sift out the best knowledge. So a lot of people can read these texts and like I did at the start, definitely and in many ways, probably still do you read these texts and it almost becomes like your Bible and you just accept everything that they say, right? How do you stop yourself from, from becoming that kind of writer?
1: Again, I, I do stoicism. not have that I, I don't have that problem at all because uh this was again one of my key premises from the from, from the day I started researching stoicism, which was mm-hmm. like fifteen years ago or fourteen years ago, that I, I don't want to be that kind of a guy. I don't I will never I knew it from the outset. It was kind of Obvious for me, it was it, it, it was my own principle from from the very beginning that I never wanted to be a guy who just researches Stoisism. Uh, I never want to be a guy who who just who, who 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 treats this as a Bible. I always wanted to my 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 whole challenge, my whole interest in it was uh, was based on the on the idea that I want to apply it not only to mo- the the dual these two layers, not only to my own life but also to Uh, the 21st century to the time we live in, that I want to confront it not only with the hardships and problems, depression, psychological problems and whatever in my own life, but also the realities, the problem, challenges, social, political and others in our uh, own time. This is what I uh, think makes Stoicism most interesting. And this is it's just the way I was thinking uh, from 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 the outset. This was my my whole approach from from the from the beginning. And this is, I believe, mm-hmm. again, what makes Tyson relevant, vivid, and and, and still inspiring. Uh, even if we as in reformed Stoicism, in my case even if we oftentimes diverge quite seriously from the uh, orthodox original line this is not about uh, any blight following this is about open conversation and perpetual confrontation with uh, new problems new ideas new uh new technological advancements mm-hmm. and so on and so on and so on so this was the long answer. The short answer is that I I knew I, I knew, uh, I, knew uh, I don't have the problem because I knew uh, from day one that I don't want to that I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be just the researcher on in stoicism.
0: Hmm. And i think what really sticks out to me with that answer is is this idea of perpetual confrontation with yes. new ideas because that's what we are i mean we're, we're all just wandering through this world of ideas and things and happenings and and you know cognitive processes and there's always going to be new things that come or not new things but you know i i guess you could even say um a, a, a repeating effect or, or like oh, what was it I think um, somebody said it was like uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it mimics itself. <laughs> it, it's like an echo. So there's always going to be uh, kind of new things coming our way that are kind of reiterations of old, old things. But what we're supposed to do, like you suggest, is to look at it not as a Bible, not as a, a religion, but a, a, as, as a set of ideas to be wrestled with, you
1: might say. Yeah, but, we need to on the other hand there is this question of you know in the uh, we live in 2020 and uh, the uh, we it is a time of quite severe and very profound and kind of world-changing technological and scientific advancement which is kind of unfathomable unfathomable for for many Uh, and this opens a very serious question whether or not the world is simply repeating itself and as you or as you mentioned as you said echoing and mimicking itself or maybe there is something after all really new under mm. the uh, under the sun this is an open question and as stoics if you want to be real stoics we need to confront ourselves with this question and the next question and so on J- just as we uh, as we said before uh, stoicism stoicism is not a closed book you need to try to apply it to your own life to Perpetually confronted with the problems you have in your own life, so therefore, I believe it is in stoic, it is in the stoic spirit to say that we need to confronted with the global challenges and in the ch- with the changes in the world and so on and so on and so on.
0: Mm. Well, Peter, I think that that's a that's a perfect place to kind of end the interview. You know, wrestle with these ideas. Put them up against your current worldview, current against your current, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, challenges that you're dealing with. That is where this philosophy shines best. Is when it's put to use against your current life.
1: Or, in in, in another another expression, you can say that is the only place when it shines well. That this is this is the only place when Stoicism can be put to test. Heck yeah. Okay, so so thank you. Uh, very much if uh, this is the this is the proper point.
0: Of course. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practical Stoic Podcast. If you'd like to sign up for email updates, join my Patreon meetup groups that we hold weekly, or if you'd like to offer feedback or suggestions for future guests or topics on the show, then you can head to simonjedrew.com. There you'll also find information about how we can work one-on-one together with my alignment coaching, based around the philosophical principles found in Stoicism. Finally, if you are on Facebook, then I'd love to see you in our group, The Practical Stoic Mastermind. But hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next time.